So are we on the air now? Yes, sir. We are ready to go when you are. All right. What's up, everybody? We're back again. Unpopular Opinions Podcast, part 49 or something like that. We're up there. We're maybe hitting double digits. So we've been doing this now for a few months. We're enjoying it. I mean, we really are. We, there's so There's such an endless amount of material on the web to talk about that like it makes it worth doing funny things informative things that'll make you cry and everything in between you know so we're just i'm itching to get this one done uh i'm gonna go to the driving range after the driving range is back open so a part of me is alive again and uh, i'm very excited about that but uh dude the other day it was so funny little kids men are funny as heck Uh, So my cousin's youngest baby girl, Dylan, uh, whatever, that's her name, okay? I love her. She was freaking staring at me. I was cooking food over my cousin's the other day, okay? The whole time, staring at me with her cute little face, staring at me the whole time. I'm like, Baby, why don't you take a picture to last longer? It was, but it was so great. Like she was staring at me like I was an outer space alien, just taking everything in. And I'm like, wow, to only be young and innocent again, taking. Well, we learn yeah. things every day, but if if we all had the adornment of little kids, think of how much more fun we would have in our daily lives if we took everything and like think about when you drive. When you drive to like work or whatever, I know you you make the same commute all the time, but you're in tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. You're not actually looking at your surroundings. When you drive, you can't you can't look at your surroundings as much. But if you know while you're driving, if you're in the passenger seat, you go the same place that you always go. You notice new things in life. That's true. You're like, whoa! Like holy crap! Like look at the steeple! Like look at the bell on top of that church! That thing is shiny and beautiful and you're like, whoa, you know, and that that can make your life better. So that's what I'm trying to do. I want to be like my little cousin, try to take more things in, try to learn more. That's the only way you can not be not get stagnant in your life. You got to keep learning. That's what this podcast is doing for me and Brandon. We're looking at all these new articles, you know, obviously a lot of the same ones that I read over and over the same sources that I've gone to for 10 years but I'm I'm opening expanding my horizons a little bit on the stuff that I read trying to read the other side of the coin trying to read news publications that I don't like because you can still learn things from people you don't like companies you don't like whatever it might be so uh we can dive right in here um are we going to start with an article or, or actually, what did, do you have anything good, Brandon? Yeah, I wanted to talk about our boy Kanye real quick. All um, right. So Kanye. Our boy. Our boy. Yeah, I know he's your he's boy too. He's kind of my boy. Yeah, right. yeah. I'll admit it. So he's going through some stuff right now. So him and um, Kim obviously aren't together anymore. And he's been like a very jealous ex and uh, very against Pete Davidson. He's... Um, the first thing that broke out in the news is when they were not together, he bought like a house right across the street from her. And so that was like, okay, whatever. 
Really? And then he started, like, making all these statements and songs about how he wants to, like, kill Pete Davidson because Pete Davidson is with Kim now or whatever. And um, all this really funny stuff that is going on. Pete Davidson, he, like, does he know Kung Fu or something? Because Kanye (laughs) probably knows some kind of jujitsu thing. Like, I would bet all my money on Kanye. No weapons. (laughs) Pete Davidson is going to... He's going to get his ass wiped by him if, <laughs> if they were ever to, like, go head to head. No, wait, wait, so did you say that Kanye bought a house across from Kim? Yeah. After they separated? After they separated, he bought a house That's right weird. across the street. I mean, yeah, so people are kind of getting, Stalker like, status. Yeah, and then, bit. you know, and he's trying to, you know, he kind of is right in one end because I guess Kim, you know, lets the kids on, like, TikTok and all that. And so he, so he's got like you know a really young daughter on TikTok, and that bothers him. He wants to get his daughter off TikTok. Oh wait, their daughter Kim and Con- did they have yeah a, they, okay. have, they, they have they have a yeah. couple kids yeah whatever. yeah yeah. So um, wow, the daughter is on like uh, TikTok and she's like young. Well, you know what he should do. He should get off social media and be a role model for it. It's like, Kanye, no one wants to look at your ass every day, especially complaining. I like you, but it's like, we don't want this negative shit. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just do it privately? No, that's, that's crazy because everything he's putting out like publicly, he draws like pictures and like puts it up on his Instagram yeah. and like, yeah. That's not being a role model to your kids. I'm not saying don't do social media, Kanye, but here's the thing. Keep your keep your personal life off social media a little bit. I think I'm not saying everyone should hide their relationship status or all of that stuff. I'm not saying you shouldn't put pictures with your significant other. If you're if you're going out with someone legitimate thing, fine. But you don't have to put all your personal baggage out there. It's like, dude, come on, try to do it privately. I know you're a celebrity, but there's a way to go about it. You're going about it in a way like Donald Trump would. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like very controversial. Yeah, exactly. Like me, me, me. Look at what I'm going to do. I am the greatest man in the world. You know. It's like you know, you don't have to publicize all that stuff. So I would tell Kanye, "Listen, buy a tiny home in Wichita, all right?" And just stop bothering people. Just go live there. You're allowed one social media post per month. So make it count. And just enjoy your time there. Get a little donkey and ride it around your yard (laughs) for fun. (laughs) But that's what I would say is just chill out. I mean, what do you think? What do you think he should do? Is he he out of control? He is out of control. And he's like probably going to end up killing somebody. He could get any woman he wanted, but you know what? Him and Kim had a real thing. They were together. It didn't seem like long, but it must have been it was a five while. to eight years. It was a while. Maybe maybe up it to was, ten yeah, years. It was longer what, than whatever. That, yeah. So it didn't really seem it, but so yeah, and, and you have kids whether uh what are you gonna do? It's like that's what you get for dating Kim Kardashian. I mean, you're Kanye West. You're a big fucking deal. You're a good I musician. I respect you. I think your ego might be a little out of control, but you're a you're a good shit. You're both very famous. And do you know that they say that uh, famous people should only date famous people? Yeah, that's like a good thing. They look for that? other famous people usually that understand them. Yeah, doesn't always work out though. Think about. 
the the other so Kim and Kanye were a big thing, but also uh, mm. it was Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. I think mm-hmm. are they are they still together? I don't know if they're still together. Are no one knows. No, they're not anymore. So like that didn't work out. When you're famous, I think it's it's very hard to make any relationship work right. long long term. You can't think of many fame super famous people that have been in the same relationship for like 10 15 plus years look at leonardo look at dicaprio look at uh george clooney mm. none of them ever really had soup they weren't i don't even know if either of them were ever married or if they ever went out with someone for more than a few yeah. years like like Jay-Z, Jay-Z, Beyonce. Are they still together? I don't no, know. No. I don't think they are. That was another one though, another right? Another big one. Yeah. So the world of Hollywood just ends in tragedy, unfortunately. So avoid Hollywood. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> right? Fuck Hollywood. I know. All right. Uh, now we're on. <laughs> we could talk about freaking that stuff. We could talk about entertainment freaking weekly all day. But yeah. you know what? That's trash, okay? We, we had some fun with that. Now we're going to talk about the matrix that we all live in day to day. So this article is written by a relatively young woman, maybe around my age, 28. Uh, but no, it's written by a woman. Uh, and she's basically talking about how we all live in a matrix but the title of the article, Why the Matrix Was Designed for You to Escape. All right, there's a lot coming at you in that article. I'll try to make it quick. So the Matrix is basically, just think of the movie. Uh, I've seen the movie. I watched it when it came out. I didn't even get the movie when I actually watched it. I was probably 15. I thought it was cool, but it was pretty complicated. And it's something you almost need to read the backstory of it after you watch the movie and then watch the movie again which i actually want to do but basically the matrix it's just like a simulated reality and i wouldn't say we live in a simulation i mean it's not like brandon is a real person i'm touching him i don't think he's a hologram right but call it society that we live in society is the matrix Everything we have has been planned, for the most part, by the elite, uh, you know, and, but here's the thing. So, a lot of society was planned by rich people, rich people uh, in connection with governments, and uh, so they built all the major highways, they, they organized all the major developments. We, you know, I live in Providence here. It's all planned out, like everything. They have city planners all in conjunction with this stuff. So basically, it's a a collective thought, the world that we live in. And politics kind of guides that, or at least fake guides it. But think about the matrix. In order to be out of the matrix, so completely detached from society, you have to be in your own little dwelling, completely away from uh, sanitation, you have to provide your own sanitation, water, energy, food, everything. All you can do is use sunlight 
and God's natural, the earth, you can use the earth that you live on to create your life. I couldn't do that now. I, I don't think I could fully leave the matrix at this point. You know, I've had ideas in the past of trying to change society a little bit. I, I, I wrote papers and I submitted them to the Rhode Island Foundation about trying to change the way things are. They literally ignored it completely. They, they didn't even respond. They gave me no anything. They didn't even want to pursue it. You know, it was a grand plan that I had, but they said, they were like, no. So pretty much society, they want to keep society going the way it is. Now, so here's the problem though. The people, so in America, we have unlimited technology. So we have, everything we have is because of great technology. We can travel in outer space. We can probably cure any disease other than certain diseases. <laughs> we can probably do that. But here's the thing. The rich and the elite, the rich and the elite are the ones that control it all. They're not the ones that actually came up with the inventions. Everyday people like me and Brandon and Lily, okay, young and old, have are the ones that came up with the technology to create the world we live in. They came up with, you know, efficient uh, fertilizer so we can feed 7 billion people. You know, uh, it's all everyday people. Th Thomas Edison, Nikola Tesla, and now present day Elon Musk. You know, these regular everyday people, Elon Musk is now rich and a big shot, but I mean, he was an everyday person like we were. Mm. The rich and the banks, they control us. So they need us more than we need them. So, but the problem is we're so entrenched in the matrix. How do we actually escape that? That would take the whole world pretty much, turn the whole world on its head. You know, they have the truckers rally in Canada now and they're protesting against the matrix. So the new matrix of the COVID restrictions, mm -hmm. they're fighting against that, you know, we're so entrenched in it, it's very difficult to escape. So I don't agree that we actually can escape. She has some really good points in here. So as you scroll down, we'll go down towards, towards the bottom. She, ha she says here, so like, what is one to do when living in a conflicted state? So basically, here's what she said about COVID. I said I wouldn't get too much into this article, and I am. So she mentioned COVID, like if you look at it from uh, just the perspective of an outsider, they say, wow, so we have COVID, we have this evil thing going on, they're trying to control us now, they're trying to make us do this, they're trying to make us do that, we live in a terrible, evil world, they're, they're, all try they're trying to enslave the human race with this COVID stuff, and you could look at it that way, they wanted the vaccine passports, all of these mandates trying to tell us what we can and can't do. You could look at it on an evil perspective like that, but you could also look at it in the other perspective of maybe it's a mass wake-up call for us because a lot of people after COVID happened, they got thrown out of their jobs. They started their own business at home and they said, wait a minute, maybe there is more to life than my everyday job and everything I've been told. So even if the elite had a plan with COVID 
to enslave the human race, it might have backfired in a way where people are actually waking up now. There would never be a trucker's protest if there if it weren't for COVID. Mm. You know, so she talks about being able to live your life knowing that there's evil versus good uh, simultaneously on the in the life you live, being able to live your life and do the right thing and keep moving forward, even though you have that cognitive dissonance that I talked about. So the evil control world, they're trying to control us on one end. And then on the other end, you have your own inner creativity that you discovered because of their oppression. So can we forge forward? And it looks good. The truckers rally will probably end good in the sense that they're probably going to drop the mandates for them. Mm-hmm. So that there's your, they're sort of exiting the matrix at that point. I mean, what do you think, Brandon? I, I, I there's not much more I can say about this, you know, because we're all trapped. But do you think you're in no, a matrix, or do you feel like it a little bit? I mean, it's easy to it's easy to not realize for sure. You don't necessarily always feel like you're in a matrix, even when things are really hard, because. You're such a small part of the system, the whole bigger picture. So I think for some people who are, you know, like content with the little world that they live in, probably won't see that big picture of like they're being controlled and everything is basically planned. Right. And so here's my last thought. No one can exit the matrix alone. That would be very scary and a lot of work. Put it this way, if you were, let's say you were completely off grid by yourself, you couldn't make it happen. There's too much to do. You have to grow food, harvest water, energy. You couldn't do it. The only way we could sort of end, leave the matrix would be community wide. Call it neighborhood. If, if you and all, call it 20 to 100 of your neighbors got together and said, listen, we're going to start a co-op. We're going to mm. build our own frick. We're going to start our own community farm we're gonna we're gonna build uh you know now we're gonna install solar panels in this little area and we're gonna harvest that energy you could do it as a community Mm. it could be done and this was kind of my idea that i was talking about 10 years ago but here's the problem you would the city and the state would come after you or whatever community is trying to do that they would be demonized and they would try to be shut down by the actual government so that would be a way of leaving the matrix to start a community-wide co-op type thing and they do a little of this stuff out in montana where they're you know it's bartering goods and you know services and all that but they they would come after you if you tried and that's the problem so People, like you said, most people are unaware of the Matrix in general. I was completely unaware of it until 10 years ago. So I know there's a lot of people that might not believe in it or even know. But if you did try, it it would come with major resistance from the government. So we're in that type of pickle. I think gradually, if, if the whole COVID thing can go away, we can keep going. You know, we can maybe start to do a little community-wide bartering, growing a little bit of vegetables. You can gradually get there, like farmer's markets and everything. You know, I'm not super optimistic about it, 
because I'm I'm content in the matrix myself, but I'm at least I'm aware. Mm. But I mean, it is what it is. It, it pff, it's been around for hundreds of years. People do what you will. You want to stay in the matrix, stay in it. You want to run away, try. I mean, it's a black hole. Mm-hmm. So we'll end it at that. People, you take your choice. Blue pill, red pill. All right, or like mix the pills together. Okay. Ooh. We like we like mixing pills. <laughs> All right, next article. So here we go. Now we're talking about hydrogen power. We've already talked about renewable energy. Hydrogen power could be the future. It could be our clean energy future. And this guy here, his name is Rafi Garabedian. Um, he used to work for a company called First Solar. First Solar is, I believe, based in California, but they do solar panels and pretty much solar has reached grid parity now. So meaning it's about the same price as fossil fuel to get to get solar on the grid. So solar is now a viable option. And this guy moved on. He co-founded a clean hydrogen company. It's called Electric Hydrogen with three other climate experts. And uh, what he's trying to do is wean us off natural gas uh, to an extent. And this is actually a CNBC article. So they're not really putting a spin on it. I think they're trying, for the most part, they're trying to give us facts. But... He's saying one of the main things with hydrogen now, now you can, uh, you can create hydrogen and basically it's called electrolysis where you split H2O. And I learned this the other day reading this article, but you use natural gas to do it. And it, the problem is you create fossil fuel, you create uh, greenhouse gases through, I think, methane and even carbon dioxide which methane is even worse so when you do it through natural gas you can create that storable hydrogen but not without messing up the environment through all this excess gas in the air just like burning coal or you know oil so pretty much he's saying we can phase out the natural gas by using wind and solar to you build a giant power plant and it's powered by wind and solar and that's where they do the electrolysis they'll split the water in half i don't know if they use Poland spring water or (laughs) tap water or what probably just filtered water but you can actually store that hydrogen and you can ship it by getting it really cold and it'll turn into liquid and then they can ship it uh overseas but he also wants so you have storable hydrogen that you can use. So in the future, let's say wind and solar are the go-tos. We're all getting that power. But when the wind's not blowing, when the sun isn't shining, what are we going to do to power our homes? The doing, Putting it in a battery, which is what Elon Musk is doing, it's doable, but you can only get a few hours worth of storage at a time. Call it 5 to 10 hours. Natural gas you can store unlimited amounts hydrogen you can store a lot of too so he's thinking we use electrolysis 
through wind and solar to create that hydrogen and then basically you can have solar panels on your house maybe a little wind turbine and then have little storable hydrogen deposits on the side to power your house when that's not the sun isn't shining instead of natural gas or oil mm -hmm. so that he's basically this is going to take a long time it's a two-year-old company but it can be, I think, he thinks it can be done. So I get a little excited about it. And, you know, he, there's really some big time. One of the, uh, I think one of the women that's with him in this new company spent 15 years at Tesla. So these people know what is going on. And also, oh, the other thing that you can use the hydrogen for, uh, jet fuel. And he's saying long-haul shipping freight liners. All right, long-haul is a freight liner. Would that be water or would that be a that's uh, like, train? That's like a, like a ship. Oh, a thing. big freight, yeah. yeah. So big ships. Apparently the big ships and jets emit a lot of runoff or whatever you want to call it. Greenhouse gas. So hydrogen, it seems like a great idea. I, I mean, basically... This guy is a very big thinker because he's thinking of eliminating fossil fuel completely. And mm -hmm. we put it this way, we couldn't do it alone with wind and solar alone. It can't be done. But you throw something like this in the mix, 50 years from now, natural gas could be a thing of the past. You know, <laughs> but here's the thing. So the media tells us about global warming. And, you know, the weather is changing and everything. If we were to get to this point in 50 years where we had no fossil fuel, does that mean we're going to have perfect weather all the time and everything's going to be great? We don't know. Probably not. Probably not. It's probably still going to be shitty. Mm -hmm. You know, not to be negative, but, I'm. you know, there's still going to be natural disasters. People are going to die. You know, it's it's a part of life. But it, it gives it gives you hope to think that, you know, we can... We can get off the fossil fuel, which media tells us is so bad, and I think they're right to an extent. But, you know, it, the world is the world, and the universe could swallow the Earth up anyways in mm -hmm. 50 years, for all we know. I mean, what do you think, Brandon? It sounds good, right? It sounds good, yeah. It could be just another one of those black hole projects that right. gets nowhere, but... If it has the right people behind it and it gets the right attention, then it seems like good stuff could happen. It's going to take time. And right. you know what? Natural gas is there for us in the meantime mm. and oil. So, you know, just, I guess, be happy that we have electricity in general. Don't, don't worry. Be happy you have a car just because you don't have a Tesla. You know, be happy that we have that stuff, even though it's not all rainbows and unicorns with all renewable energy we you know we have it but we'll just we'll work with what we got and I, but i like the idea i think it's great that someone is yeah. working towards something new because i sure as hell am not i'm working <laughs> on my freaking golf game you know I, yes, i'm sir. selfish how's the golf game it's good yeah i'm you know I, it's only february and i'm hitting the ball decent i think i can have a good year hell yeah you know, so I'm I'm excited. You're always working towards something new. I mean, with golf, you're always you can. There's no perfect player. Even the best guys in the world are trying to get better. 
so that I'll be trying to get better until I can't play anymore. Right. You know, and then I'll be trying to find the next little Tiger Woods that can <laughs> give me a payday. <laughs> no. It's not bad. It's a good way to do it. All right. Another article. Wow, I've talked way too much. I apologize, everybody. I suck, okay? Stop talking on your podcast. (laughs) This is kind of a fun one. Brandon, you introduce it, even though it's not your article. All right. How to overcome the fear of mortality. This is by The Waking Times. All right, I'm going to get Brandon involved here. By our boy Gary McZee. We've done a we've done a couple articles Gary. on Gary. <laughs> Heck yeah. You guys know me. You know I, I say I try to look for new sources. I go right back to the old stuff that I love. <laughs> How can you not love this stuff? Um so I don't even really want I don't really care too much what the article says. I did read it. Um basically they're saying we're all afraid of death. Well, they're not telling us that we're afraid of death, but he's putting that out there. We all know we're going to die. Are we all afraid of death? I'm not sure. I I think when you get really old, you might start to be afraid of death because you know it's right around the corner. But I told Lily and, and Brandon earlier, I said, I'm not really afraid of death, but I'm afraid of getting old. Every second, I'm getting older. Like, I'm already older than I was three seconds ago. And Mm -hmm. it's, I can't stop it. So I'm a little, that makes me want to live my life more. Do more shit, you know, that I want to do and not put it off. But I guess I'm lucky that I'm, you know, you always, you think about death here and there. Like, you know, when, when I get on an airplane, I say, oh shit, I could fucking die. I, this thing could go right into the into the side of a mountain. Mm-hmm. But then, right after I think that, or right before I thought that even, someone tells me there has not been a plane crash in like five years. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, there's millions of flights, not daily, but I mean millions of flights a year probably. I mean, right. don't check my... You can check my numbers, kiss my ass, <laughs> I, I don't care. You know there's a lot of flights and... Barely any of them are going down. But you still think about that occasionally on an airplane. Like, holy shit. I could end up in the middle of Mount Vesuvius, you know, have a nice hot volcano-y grave. You yeah. know? Uh, but, so pretty much he writes all this funny stuff in here. I'll read one. All right, so what is a stumbling, fumbling mortal to do? So what do you do if you're afraid of death? How do we square the circle of knowing that we will die? How do we navigate this Mobius strip of doom? How do we loosen the noose so we can at least live a decent life? You know, he's saying it's a two-sided coin that people fear life and they fear death, on the other hand. You know, it's an article that I don't really get what he's saying, but... I know he's saying you have to live your life in order to not be afraid to die. So if you accomplish some or all of your goals, you'll be more at peace with knowing that you're going to die. I mean, that's really what I get. He doesn't actually give you any advice here. I think it's more of a thing where he's just raising the issue of death and trying to get people to be motivated in their life and do the shit that they want to do before they're incapacitated on their freaking deathbed. 
I mean, what do you ever think of that? You're young, Brandon. You're so I used to when I was younger, and I feel like this is a thing with people my age. Uh, a lot more people I know, like that are my age, have thought like have had to get over realizing like, oh, like we're gonna die. And I know for me that was a weird thing when I was like twelve or thirteen. It kind of hit me one night, sent me into like a weird like panicky kind of state. But then after that, I've been very. I mean, I've had, everyone's had shit happen to them too. So you just kind of become a little bit more emotionally like stronger, or maybe a little bit numb. So like, it just, it just kind of, it doesn't affect me personally anymore. It's just like, I'm going to live my life till that day, whether it's tomorrow yeah. or next week. Right. And here's the other thing. If you're constantly occupying yourself with things, ideally good things, you know, you're not going to be thinking about death or thinking about you know not doing all the things that you love if you're actually right. doing stuff and trying to do or at least trying to get to the point to be able to do the stuff you want to do mm -hmm. you're not going to be too worried about dying one day it could because put it this way if you die you know if you die young it's probably going to hit you in the face legitimately you're not you know you're not going to suffer through it you could be that unfortunate where you're on your deathbed for months and you have to like go through all this stuff and mm -hmm. oh what am i going to say to people before i die like what am i going to do there's the make a wish foundation right there yeah and that that's rough and that's not you know too common but obviously it does happen especially with kids mm -hmm. but if you can just carry out daily tasks just stay busy you can really kind of override thinking about death too much just try to have try to have things to get excited about that aren't illegal you know <laughs> ideally you can have some fun with that for a while like ted bundy and john wayne gacy had fun for a while too it caught up to him <laughs> i don't yeah. recommend that but try to you know just try to or even plan, you know, plan your life out. I'm giving myself advice right now. I'm not even giving it. <laughs> We're finishing the article for uh, yeah, our I boy here. I'm, I'm trying to figure out my pathetic life right now. I don't know. Also, don't it, you it, think that this would be catered to somebody who's not in a great mental space? Like, because yeah. the majority of people who are, this is a big concern to them, who are, like, always, like, constantly anxious about it, unless they have some sort of phobia, like, these people who are worrying aren't in a great mental space anyways. Yeah. Yeah, and those type of people, like I've kind of been there, but it, to be in that spot where you're all, where you have a lot of time, if you have a lot of time to do nothing, you have a lot of time to worry. We mm -hmm. all could worry. Right. We could worry about ourselves, family members, friends, the world. You know, when you have that free time to worry, you're gonna probably end up worrying. And and yeah, someone that is a you know always you know oh god how am i gonna pay my bills or you know i'm never gonna find the right person i'm never gonna make enough money you know I'm, no one's gonna ever respect me or whatever that that happens to everyone and how do you combat that you i don't know how you combat that you have to just do what kind of do what you love and mean it and, and, you know, even things that you don't love, try to do a good job. Like, mm -hmm. because if, if you're doing a menial job, like sweeping a floor that sucks, you know, you could actually make it fun. If you do a really good job and challenge yourself, you can make that fun. 
and then you have 15 or 20 minutes go by that was it was kind of fun because you made a little game out of it or you could have the shitty attitude oh this sucks i'm above this you know just like washing dishes at work brandon you know you can you can mentally be above it all ideally you don't life is a thing here i don't know if i mentioned this before but you think you're getting to a a perfect place and everyone is trying to go towards utopia in their own life and they think you think you're going to reach a utopia and they and that's where psychologists will at if you're depressed or whatever and you go in to see them they'll they'll maybe say something like okay for you to be happy what would it take for you to be happy what things would you actually want to be happy a b c d could be like i want my own place all right, now am I getting personal? Okay. <laughs> I want to have, you know, a partner, girlfriend, okay? I want to have a, a stable income doing what I love. Um I want I want to have 90 million slaves working for me every day, you know? No. No, it's like but he, if you want certain things, do you actually think if you got all if I got all those things all right is that going to make me happy the next day it could for a short amount of time but inevitably something bad would happen again that would knock you off your high horse so i make the analogy all the time you could win the lottery one day and then lose someone you love the day after mm -hmm. and that makes the lottery nothing at all it, it, you're like i fucking take all the money back to get this person back Right. So there is no utopia in life, period. So that means that the future means nothing is actually what I'm saying with that. No, it's true. It means I the present is everything. Mm -hmm. The past means nothing and the future means nothing. The present is really what it's all about. But if you can, if you can have a good present, keep a good head on your shoulders, have fun, do what you love, work hard, you will build towards a good future. But you shouldn't be thinking of the future or that one thing that you want. Right. You know, if, so that's life in a nutshell right there. I mean. No, I agree. Yeah, you can have a goal, but you can't fantasize your way there, basically. You have to naturally get there through your daily life, your your routine, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, really deep, deep stuff here. I that I don't even I have to listen to my what I was talking about with the Matrix because I confuse the shit out of myself. Um, <laughs> this is a rough article. It, it, yeah, you know, but it, it raises a great point. Yes, sir. What world are we living in, and what world do we want? What world do we want our kids to live in fifty years from now? You know, you can either follow the script or you can write your own. We're improvising our own. We're kind of improvising <laughs> shit. I, I wish I had it. I always write stuff down and I never even look at it. You know, it, it's more fun that way. Screw it. We're very high budget and official here. Super high budge. Super high budge. Heck yeah. All right. It's almost range time. Well, I, I hope you guys enjoyed it. It, it. There was some really deep articles in there. The Kanye thing was really the light part, which I enjoyed. Yeah, we're we're watching you, Kanye. But uh, yeah, have a good day. Have a good weekend, everybody. 
you know, we'll be back again. Maybe we'll we'll have some more fun stuff to talk about next week. I'm sure we will. But keep it keep it real and keep a light mind and don't worry too much. And I'm telling myself, I'm telling my future self this right now. Keep a light mind, Mike, because you're going to be stressed out probably this weekend a little bit with work, maybe. But you'll be fine. You'll get through it, buddy. All right. You so got I've, this, Mike. Yeah, and every you know, and Lily, good to have you back. We love you. We love you, Lily. You're missing sunny California, I'm sure. <laughs> You'll be back there soon enough. But uh, yeah, the Unpopular Opinions podcast. We're still doing it. Uh, have a great day. Take care, my friends.